TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 586, and I'm Olivia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. This is Tom, and I chair the Department of Visual and Media Arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun, uh, calling in from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. Hey, Tom. Uh... I know you usually do the news. The only news that I care about is that the producers are now uh, sent a proposal to the writers and they will begin talks on Monday. And that's the only news that matters. But I mean, if you have I other have, news, if I you have, have other news, that's okay. I All do right, have other ahead. news. Amazon has renewed The Summer I Turned Pretty for season three. Apple TV Plus has canceled City on Fire and Suspicion with Uma Thurman, both after season one. Um, For All Mankind has announced that Jodie Balfour will not return as a series regular, but they have added Daniel Stern as a new NASA administrator, Svetlana Efremova as a high-ranking Soviet official, Tyler Rushing as a space worker in the Mars colony, and Toby Kebbell as a former oil platform worker pursuing a new job on Mars. CBS has announced that Alexa Davalos will be leaving FBI Most Wanted ahead of Season 5. Disney Plus and Hulu prices for their premium versions with no ads, both each are going up three bucks a month, but the ad-supported tiers are staying at the same price point. HBO for some expense. Oh, before you get off of Disney, Disney has also said in 2024, no more password sharing because Netflix did it successfully, which is what I thought was going to happen. Continue. Boo. Um, HBO, for some reason, inexplicable to me, renewed Righteous Gemstones for season four. And I actually old... like that show. It, oh, it was do? a little weird in the first season, but they kind of found their footing. Danny yeah. McBride just annoys me. It's like, ugh. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like the show either. But continue. HBO has also ordered uh, Sam Mendes and Armando Iannucci's superhero movie-making comedy, The Franchise, to series, and it'll star Himesh Patel and Aya Cash. Uh, Netflix has announced that Disenchant- Disenchantment will end with the upcoming part five. Uh, the Television Academy has pushed Emmys to January on Martin Luther King Day. And Television Critics Association announced their awards, the, the ones we really care about. Succession won for drama. Rhea Seahorn won for individual achievement in drama. The Bear won for both comedy and new program. Natasha Leone won for individual achievement in, in comedy. Uh, Beef won for outstanding miniseries. Jury Duty won for Outstanding Achievement in Reality, and Ms. Marvel won for Outstanding Achievement in Family Programming. And that's Nice. All right, let's start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Bear, and we're talking Episodes 7 and 8. And Episode 7 is the episode where Richie gets sent off to Purgatory, at least that's what he thinks at the beginning of the episode. And he learns what it means to work at the best restaurant in the world. And the level that's expected of people that work there, even the people that just have to polish the forks all day. 
and it really changes his perspective and his understanding of his of restaurant business, of his cousin, of his life. Like every, it's it's literally a life changing event for him. And as much as I despise Richie's character, which I still kind of despise his character, I still really like this episode because it shows just changing your perspective can change everything. Like the way he was looking at his job and his life just shifted to the side and all of a sudden it changed everything for him. And I think that that's a really good message and a really good thought. So I would say this is one of my favorite episodes. I mean, I like the Christmas one probably better, but I liked what this episode was saying as a whole. Uh, Any other thoughts? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I did. I think, you know, I had gotten to the point like you where Richie was like on my getting on my last nerve because uh, he was just, you know, this this perpetual obstacle that that everything had to get around. And finally, you know, he actually gets some sense of what it is to be in a restaurant and be in his position and and, he you know, have to do things from the ground up and the the idea that people take pride in this and it gave him this sense of of having pride in himself because i right. don't think he ever actually has i think he's he's you know sort of shuffled through life assuming that everything is is hard and nothing's going to be good and you know this is a dead end job and he just does enough to get by and and suddenly he just has this he's he's been given this sense that this is something to take genuine pride in and and you see this evolution of his character in this episode which um you know culminates with that that great scene at the end with olivia coleman uh turning up you know as a surprise oh. as chef terry and <laughs> and i mean that was th- just the two nice. of them together that that back and forth as as they're just you know cleaning mushrooms was so wonderful and and it's like what well, you know watching Richie transform before your eyes, which I thought was pretty marvelous. Because I had gotten to the point where I thought there's nothing they can do with this character to make me like him. And I was wrong. The thing I, I, I'm gonna tag in on Allison, and I'm totally in, in agreement pretty much with you. I never hated Richie, but the thing that, my big takeaway from the Christmas episode, these are damaged people. Oh, and yeah. giving us a double dose of Richie and focusing on him and then when Olivia when Olivia Coleman shows up, a friend of mine uh, who was visiting from LA had told me there were some guest stars coming up. And then I texted him. It's like, holy crap, is that Olivia Coleman? <laughs> but she get, well, except for Secret Invasion, which she escaped unscathed. But in this, she really just elevated that, and just this is like one of the first times that anybody really showed any real attention to Richie and made him feel like he was worthwhile. And I really like that actor. And uh, yeah, he was the, um, he was the person the Punisher helps in season one. Ironically, he ends up being related to John Bernthal <laughs> on the bear, but yeah, I just thought it was good to do some character rehab for this. And uh, yeah. Good. All episode. right. Uh, Yusin, your thoughts, and you can swing us into the I'll next episode. I'll tag in. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Yeah, this show to me, this episode to me, absolutely was the pinnacle of the brilliance of the show. Um, uh, you know, I, I've we've talked about. Uh, I thought it did it in such a way that was, um, it, you know, it's an arc that we knew could, you know, could be coming, should be coming, would be coming, probably, hopefully, we were all hoping it was coming. Um, I mean, his character was set up for us to hate, uh, and I think I probably hated him least of all of you all, because I just knew that what, you know, for me, I just allowed him to be what he was supposed to be, you know, the the super grating, super annoying, super, you know, uh, you know, kind of a thing. And I was patient with him. And I just wondered what they were going to do with him, you know, and it's sort of like the, you know, I call it the pretty woman montage, but it's there was no montage, but and it's the opposite of pretty woman montage is what I'm trying to say with meaning, it wasn't uh, it wasn't stereotypical Hollywood. It wasn't, you know, uh, we're just going to give you a quick montage to show you. It wasn't, and not that this is, the, the, I don't mean this to be derisive, but the, you know, the Rocky running up the stairs montage, you know what I mean? Like instead of a montage, we got scenes, we got dialogue, we got moments, we got quiet, quiet, you know, interactions. We've got moments of revelation, every little interaction he had, not just with Olivia Coleman, which was great, but you guys have already gone there, but the interaction he had with the, uh, the head guy, you know, who was, he gave him that speech about, yeah, this matters. This is my whole life. This is why this matters. This should matter to you. And for me, it wasn't just about perspective, but yes, of course, uh, Olivia, I agree with you. It was about hope. It gave him hope. Uh, hope that he could change his life, hope that he could make something of himself, hope that he would be part of a team. Like it gave him not just perspective, but actual something to go for. And so then he decided, I'm going to go for this. I've got the brass, you know, I've got. So, so to me, it was a really beautiful way of showing something that's so unbelievably basic and simple in all of our lives. And I talk about this show being great about, um, you know, it being could be depressing and it's sort of depressing about small people and their small struggles and they're this or they're gargantuan for them you know what i mean but like what do i care about rando people in philly who this and that i do care the show makes me care and i thought this episode did an amazing job because i had always been rooting for him i had always expected it so you know sometimes when you a show gives you something that you're already expecting, you're kind of underwhelmed because you're like, yeah, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, no, I was not underwhelmed at all. I thought they did it beautifully. Even his physical uh, transformation was subtle, but very real when they were like, oh, you look great in a suit. I was like, he does look great in a suit. Like whoever suited him up, they did a very nice job. I would like to know how they how he afforded that suit because that's very expensive. But, but let's let's move on. Can you transition so, us until the next yeah, one? So episode the, eight? the fire. And then I will I will say to you, I reviewed the fire suppression episode. And, uh, you know, it was basically the entire episode, not very much happens, honestly. Um, it really revolves around uh, his relationship with uh, with uh, Claire Bear, you know, uh, they're, they're both- Who is not my, not my favorite yes, at all. I was going to say, so there was a lot, there was, there was that, you know, some of that, but the rest of it was really just uh, a huge metaphor for, and I thought this was hilarious. The entire episode is about them trying to, you know, get past the fire suppression test so that they can be clear to be a restaurant and open. Um, and again, uh, the brilliance of the show was when they did that countdown and there was that blue balloon and everyone was standing around, I was holding my breath. 
for real. <laughs> that is not an exaggeration. I don't know what the show is going to do, right? Are they going to fail? Or are they not going to fail, right? So for me, it wasn't predictable, right? On a just a very basic level. But emotionally, I was holding my breath. I needed these people to pass the fire suppression test. And in that moment, I thought, yeah, this show is, is just firing on all cylinders. I was like, it needs that fire suppression, uh, uh, you know, for, for me to need it as much as they needed it means the show is really working. So even an episode that not nothing happens, honestly, not nothing very much happens. And all, all we care about as a viewer and the show cares about is if they pass this fire suppression test for them to be able to get me that invested is it shows me the brilliance of the show. I, I, I will. Only thing I will say is I did not doubt that they were going to pass it for a second. But I did like how they showed and showcased what it meant to each individual character. Because they did a pan across the cast, and they had like a little flash of what this meant to each one of them. And I thought that was really well done. So I I did like that. Yeah. But uh, like you said, not that much happened other than our dislike for Claire was reestablished. I don't understand why she's there. But let's move on. Let's go on to another show. Because uh, the the big thing was the Richie episode by far. Um, all right. So overall, the bear is still rocking. We got two more episodes to go before the end of the season. Um, but thumbs up so far. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Foundation episodes three and four. And the problem with Foundation is that there's 5,000 things happening on different planets simultaneously and trying to keep track. Of all of those things is the part that's uh, a little confusing. But uh, I will talk about the highlight for me, which is the introduction of Ben Daniels. They talk about him in the first two episodes where there's some general that defied the that defied empire, and he got punished accordingly. And now we get to meet him, and I love Ben Daniels as an actor. So I was very happy and surprised when he showed up. And I was like, yay! Um, and his storyline is really kind of interesting in that he is still loyal to Empire and what it means, and he wants to do his duty, but Empire as an individual has been really cruel to him, so he kind of hates him too. So it's like a really interesting dichotomy uh, because his, his boyfriend slash husband, which we, they don't establish which he is, uh, is very confused and confounded. He's just like, well, they let you out of prison. Why don't we just break out of here and run for it and just be on our own? And he's like, no, I've given my word and I want to do my duty and this is this is who I am. And I think that makes him a very, very interesting character. Um, I think that also means that his husband is not this long for the world because I was like, well, he's obviously the red shirt of this situation. Uh, he hasn't died yet, so congratulations to him so far. I hope they don't kill him off because that would be a little stereotypical and that's kind of boring. And the show isn't, to me, the show isn't that predictable, you know what I mean? Um, right. so I would, I would like for them not to. <laughs> I, I agree, <laughs> but it alone. just, not yeah, I just... Crazy. Yeah, I'm not overly invested in him. He just seems like the easy target because obviously people are going to die on this show. But uh, the other storyline that I thought – well, also, if we're going to stay on that storyline, let's just finish it for the episode, which is 
their mission is to investigate Terminus and how powerful Terminus has become. And if they've become to, and it's technically just supposed to be a re- reconnoiter and just observation. So they go to a planet that Terminus has been influencing to see what that influence has brought. And they kind of supposed to be going undercover to meet with a spy, but they're like obviously dressed in like super futuristic gear and they land in some crazy manner. So they immediately get picked up by locals who they have to fight. The fight scene was actually really pretty good. That was a really good fight sequence. Uh, I give them credit for being able to do those. Yeah, Yeah, it was very good. Like, I was like, wow, that was amazing. Uh, But then the spy dies the way most spies do, horribly. (laughs) Because he was like, there's no way for me to continue to be a spy. I've helped you now, and everybody knows I've helped you. So therefore, either you kill me or they're going to murder me badly. So Ben Daniels then has to, like, put a bullet in the dude's head, uh, which was kind of sad because I started to like that guy. But, I mean, his point was valid. I I was like, or they could take you with them because he's still – he's like a citizen of the Empire. So he's not like a – because he was sent there to observe. But he had been there so long. They had forgotten about him. So he had been there for, what, 40, 50 years, something crazy. Um. But that also shows yeah. that the empire, how the empire treats its own citizens, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, and so then, if we switch storylines and we start talking about Gale and uh, Salvo, thank you, Salvo Harden. Uh, Yusin, what did you think? This is when they land uh, on that planet, and they she gets there's like a calling, and they end up meeting some rando lady in the mountains. Uh, and they end up giving Harry, she, she ends up giving uh, her, uh, she ends up giving Harry his body back. So that's new. Um, and now we have two Harrys, like physical Harrys, as opposed to conceptual, you know. Well, um, the physical Harry, Harry, and then the, the physical Harry in the vault sort of is not really, he's not really a real Harry. He's just like an AI in the vault. So we still only have one physical Harry. He's also not real. Yeah, the so one in the vault is oh, an okay. AI. Yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say, I'm not sure who's who. Well, the one yes, on Terminus the one that was that the one that the one that went to the planet also was. Yeah, he was an AI as well, but now we have but the one, one that AI... also went. The, but... Yes, now he has a body. Yes, correct. So At we least have one, one with of the body and one is um, Correct. The, you know, and right. this is. This com- this conversation is is indicative of the show that we're ha- you know which is that there is a lot going on with the show, um, and for some reason I'm not overwhelmed by it or turned off by all the different uh, that uh, avenues and all the different uh, players and all the different storylines. Um, it's sometimes a show like this when they do things like this, it can get messy, you know, and I can it can feel sloppy. But this show seems pretty precise to me, um, you know, and it's unfolding. This These two episodes were, a, a, there were a lot of reveals, you know, and there were sort of a, like, a it was, a, it was less action and a lot of talking. There was a lot of talking going on. And again, not boring, just um, discovering things, figuring out things, you know, uh, the different players and, and, you know, they brought back the, um, the, uh, 
the the flim flam guy the con man guy they brought him back and they they all entered the vault and they had a very long conversation with uh ai harry inside the vault you know and so there was a lot there was just a lot of talking and yet at no time was i bored you know i was invested in kind of hearing what was happening and what was going to be unfolding and so i thought that was pretty tricky uh to have uh you know episode like that where uh, there was just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of talking uh, and less showing, except, uh, you know, the this, the part the obviously it was counterbalanced uh, the the other episode where um, they they land uh, they landed on the planet and, you know, they had the fight scene and this and that. So my point is the show is juggling a lot of things and um, it, it doesn't it doesn't have a problem with pacing for me which I thought was, I'm, I'm surprised about. It's, it, the slow well, parts are slow, but not in a bad way. You know, the, the things are unfolding and revealing themselves. So I, well, I got a, quick, a good episode where, you know. I got a question for you. A lot Go ahead. Uh, the, the, you call him the flim flam man. Cause yeah. basically they get a, they get this dude's name, shows up on the side of the vault and basically like blood. And it's like, okay, we got to find this guy. And you find out he's basically a charlatan. And so when you bring them into the vault and Harry Seldon AI version gives everybody else a mission and then he holds this dude back and gives him like a secret mission. And I'm like, there's the thing that I thought was fascinating right. about that scene is that one, you know, that Harry is not always doing what's best for humanity. Well, he's doing what's best for humanity, but not necessarily best for the people that are right there. And that, and you also don't know if we can right. trust the charlatan dude. So they don't tell us what the mission is. And you don't know if you can trust this guy. Yep. So you've got this mysterious mission that's happening that's, yep. or it's about to happen. And you're just like, what does any of this mean? And I thought that that was fantastic. But anyway, let's move on. We've talked about Foundation a lot. Uh, let's move yeah. on to the next one. But I'd still say thumbs up. I liked both of these episodes. I thought they were great. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about After Party, yeah. and this is episodes three and four. And Tom, uh, since you – wait, you did not like it. Let's start off with Allison. Allison, <laughs> since, you, since you liked After Party, episode three and four, film noir, and then the other one that, that I don't remember what we referenced, uh, what did you think of those episodes, Allison? It's the film noir and the Wes Anderson note homage. I thought both of them were brilliantly done. Um, particularly the film noir. I, I thought they got that so perfectly stylistically. Uh, they were clearly having enormous fun with it. And just, you know, the black and white uh, cinematography and and the deep shadows with everything and the, the costuming and the makeup and the hair, just everything was great. And the, the actors got so into the, the, the way characters from the 40s film noirs would speak you know the pacing and everything else the tone um i just i i was i was really enjoying everything about that episode and their attention to detail was great too i mean there was even the when when um oh i'm blanking on the character's name the who, who whose episode this was um it was a, it was like the smarmy ex-boyfriend yeah travis yeah um yeah, when when Travis is doing his monologue at the end about who he thinks uh, is is the killer or whatever, um, in the background, it, if you're listening to it, you can hear this little sound, which is like the no the noise that you would hear in an old noir. Just that's the sound of 
you know, just old film and old soundtrack. And I, yeah. I was just so happy when I heard that because it's like, I can't believe they had that attention to detail. That's marvelous. Um, but every, everything was just beautifully done with, with that particular episode and the performances were great. And uh, I just, I just thought it was firing on, on all cil- cylinders for that particular one. Uh, Tom, let's get a slightly different perspective. What did you think of the next one? Uh, I just, I mean, like I said before, I'm not big into season two because the format it's, it's basically season one with new, less interesting characters and genres we didn't do. So, you know, I appreciate aspects of the film noir and Wes Anderson tribute episode. I really don't like this adopted sister. She just grates my nerves. Uh, I, I like Oh, that. so this was not your favorite episode. Not All my right. favorite episode. It's just like, okay. yes, for me, it's like, yes, you've shown me you can rip off other people's or pay homage or rip off, take your, choose your favorite phrase, other people's styles, but I'm not digging the mystery. It seems like the show is in love with the format instead of in love with these characters in the story. And I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm not enjoying this season either. Um, I did like the film noir one better than the I'm... next one. Uh, Yusin, go ahead. Oh Did yeah. No, I was just going to say I'm, I'm in the middle. Um, uh, I'm in the middle. Uh, although probably leaning more towards liking it. I think it's because I didn't see first season. I didn't see all of it, any of it. So when Tom said, well, it's just kind of like season one, but it's this and it's not this, but it's this. And I'm like, oh, okay, well then. I should probably go back and see season one at some point because maybe it's better. It's even better. Um, I, because I didn't see it, all of this is new to me. And um, I love the homage. I just think it's kind of, it's a gimmick, of course. And it's, but it's fun for me um, as a fan of all the different types of genres of movies. I will say to, uh, I will say, I will agree with Tom that, yeah, I'm not that interested in the mystery. I don't really care all that much. I kind of cared a little bit, but as the episodes go on and the season goes gets deeper, I kind of care less. Uh, for me, it's just really fun for me to turn on every week. I'm like, oh, who are they going to you know do next? What genre are they doing next? What like I literally don't care how the, the mystery unfolds. So unlike a show we'll be talking about later on uh, that we've discussed ad nauseum about how Mur- only murders in the building uh does a great job of being both really fun and funny to watch and yet at the same time have a compelling murder mystery where you're like wait what what's happening and you're guessing and you're wondering so it doesn't work on that level for me um so it isn't you know uh that great of a show but i am absolutely enjoying it and i thought uh, Allison, spot on with all the things that you've noticed. I won't even bother talking about even more things that you know I've noticed here and there. But the Wes Anderson is so homageable, so you mm. know what I mean. Like he's very distinct his his style. So it was really fun to kind of you know just sit in that and watch that because I, and because that um, sister, the stepsister, is actually perfect to be that style. So they knew that you know what I mean. Like so even that to me was great because I thought oh what a perfect episode to go Wes Anderson style with it like I just I don't know I I find the show doesn't make me laugh out loud um you know uh, 
tremendously like like uh only murders but it's got me smiling and cackling a few times definitely and i'm enjoying it so i mean it for what it is it's not a great show but i think it does its homages really well and it's fun to watch i think uh i think um because you know um tom was saying that he didn't like the fact that that we we are doing different uh genres with different episodes and and unfortunately that is the that is the gimmick of the show that's the crux of the show um that's what they did in season one and that's what they're going to do in season two if they get a season three i assume they're going to do the same thing there so i guess if you don't if that is not a draw for you if that's not what you you want to see then you're not probably going to get a lot out of this because the central mystery is not that fascinating it's more a matter of watching stylistically how they go into these little well i i I disagree slightly in that the reason i i don't mind them doing different homages i totally think that's fine but what set it apart in season one is i thought the characters were interesting and i feel like their concentration on homages they've dropped making the characters as interesting. So I'm not enjoying it as much because of that. I, there's not any characters that I'm like, Oh, please don't be the murderer. I really like this person. Like I don't have that this season. So that's what I think doesn't work, but let's, let's move on to the next show. Um, I think overall we're split on after party and that's fine. Uh, next up, we're going to talk what we do in the shadows (laughs) and Tom is laughing before we've even started talking about it. So even the title is funny. Oh my god! Yes, apparently the send up the local news alone. I mean, oh my god, that's one thing. And then when Nandor blabs on the newscast that you know they've lived there for centuries. Oh my goodness! And then they're trying to figure out how do we undo this? Do we have to kill her? Do we kidnap her? Then it's like, so I just thought that episode was literally a scream, and then it's just there's such doofuses <laughs> no i mean th- th- oh this and is... then what about what about guillermo going to the the basically the vet no 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 that's like, the, that's the next that's the following episode. oh sorry sorry no but but guillermo goes home to say goodbye to his mom and then they just think he's you know got this job from hell which he kind of does and is self-obsessed which he definitely is but yeah, I just thought here, here's the thing. Here, I mean, not to retread, not to retread where we've gone. This show makes me laugh out loud, and <laughs> I should not be expecting too much of a comedy to make me laugh out loud. You know, um, the, the other, you know, the big show we're going to end with makes me laugh out loud. If a comedy doesn't make me laugh out loud and barely makes me crack a smile, that's problematic for me. And WW Diz does not have that problem because these these characters are so nuts to begin with. <laughs> I'll stop. Yes. No, no, no. That I mean, you hit it on the head because I I was late to the show. I have now joined. Uh, I've drank the Kool Aid and I'm in here with you guys. Um, but yeah, I really I like, of course, Guillermo and, and Lazo the best. So. Uh, I'm gonna start talking about the next episode real quick, which is the one where Guillermo's trying to Lazlo's trying to teach Guillermo how to fly, and he made the for some reason <laughs> gave these frogs his oh blood. Oh my god! So why? And then the frogs inexplicably grew a Guillermo hairpiece, and then what? And it's just the 
and he tries to fly, breaks his ankle horribly, and they take him to the vet, and the guy apparently just puts everybody down. He's like, well, you're familiar sporty. You know, they're already long in the tooth. You might as well put them down now. Like, <laughs> all of that was great, and now the only person that doesn't know his secret is Nandor. Well, like everybody else in the house. Ha- oh, oh, and Colin Robinson because Colin he doesn't Robinson care. doesn't care. Colin doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. Um, but yeah, that's just so crazy. That is so crazy. Oh my god! And the Colin Robinson angle of the story. I mean, <laughs> that was oh my god! And John Slattery for best. Um, guest- oh, oh my god! Oh, that was great. Ever he needs the Emmy right now. I don't know if they have an Emmy, but they need to make it. They need to dye it and cast it, and then they need to etch John his name Slattery on it. John Slattery playing himself. John Slattery. <laughs> lines when you're your age. Oh my god. <laughs> If they were going to reveal that he was some other kind of energy vampire, an energy what? vampire who feeds on other energy vampires, yeah, because like he a was super just energy vampire. Exactly, because he was just so funny. I mean, uh, well, my question horrible. is, where was he taking them? He was like kidnapping them. Well, like, what was going on? I, I love that they never explained it. I loved all of that. Like, that was even better. He just randomly driving around with people in the backseat of his car. And I think it was a dig. I Honestly, Allison, I'm actually glad that it, he didn't turn out to be a super vampire. I kind of feel like it was a it was a real sort of um, not even subtle sort of wink, wink, dig to like actors and how like, oh, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know. So self-involved. Yeah, it doesn't so, matter how boring yep. the other person yes, is. Yes, and their process. You know what I mean? And the, <laughs> like, 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 I mean, it just, it was hilarious. He made such good fun of himself, you know, and, and the process. And, you know, um, I Colin Robinson is actually one of my favorite characters. They all are in their own ways. Like, they really are. I'm a, if, if someone were to ask me about the show and then I would be like, oh, well, I really love da-da-da. No, but wait, I really love da-da-da. So, like, Colin Robinson, to me, when, uh, when I saw... When the first show first started years ago, and I had no idea that they were going to have an energy vampire on the show. And when they introduced his character and then explained, I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. And but in the back of my mind, I thought it was going to be a one joke wonder. You know what I mean? And that it was like they weren't going to be able to kind of like really figure out a way to like you know, expand on it and kind of make create a whole universe around an energy vampire. They have absolutely created an entire world of uh, and lore around energy vampires, and I love it. And then to bring in John Slattery the way that they did, and then the fact the fact that his black eye made him interesting, and he was like everything he did was making him more interesting. Uh, I mean. Fantastic. And then when he was trying to revive Nandor and he was like, my name is, you know, Antonio something, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and I this and this. And I mean, it just, it was brilliant. I think that was probably my favorite energy vampire uh, episode. Uh, and that is, that's saying something, or I'm saying that that was my favorite part of the episode. And that's saying something because I loved, and I will stop here by saying, I love the concept of them taking their familiars to vampire vets. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that they were specifically for familiars. That concept was amazing. So even that like world building aspect, that, that episode, it was, if someone uh, as of in the most recent times, 
you know, if someone were to kind of ask me to like, you know, uh, you know, show them the show, you know, kind of a thing, you know, without obviously giving them the first few episodes, if I wasn't able to just be like, here, you know, obviously start at the beginning, I would be like, just watch this episode because it is just wild. It is crazy. It is funny. It is interesting. It, it, it's humor on many different levels, physical humor, you know, uh, just, you know, all of it. So yeah, no, it was outstanding. It was probably one of my favorite, favorite episodes in a very, very long time. I think wow. both episodes back to back were, yeah, were two of the strongest yeah. that they've had. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, I want to go back to the 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 one that the, the news episode because the thing that was so funny about that is that I thought, you know, when they began, it started as a cold open, and I thought, okay, well, it's a cold open, and they'll they'll move on to something else. And instead, they just kept building on it and building on it, <laughs> and it just kept getting crazier. And it's like, you know, everything that they did to like the they kids, drove the car just made into it worse. a pit. Yeah, and <laughs> flew it out and flew it yeah. out again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, everything was, but you know, and it all built up, of course, for them to do the news. Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. Which was just amazing. I mean, that part of the, the show alone was just absolutely hysterical. I loved Colin Robinson doing the weather report, and he's wearing this outfit that, of course, is like green screened. <laughs> just getting the map straight through him, and I'm thinking that character wise that is perfect it's perfect um yeah. it just it just they they get all these little bits and it's i think the two of these episodes together were just just hilarious just really truly two of their best all right well let's wrap this up i think we're all saying two thumbs up for what we do in the chat all right uh next up we're gonna get on some just divisiveness uh, which is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And we have two episodes to discuss really quick. And I don't want to spend a lot of time. I want to say that really quick. Not a lot of time. Uh, so we had the musical, and then we had the season finale, which were very different episodes. That's the truth. Uh, um, and I say divisive because I already know how Allison feels about <laughs> the musical. And I do not share her opinion. But uh, we let's let's just... Get it out like very quickly so we can actually talk about the finale. So, Allison, you can go first. But remember, let's be quick. Yeah. And let's move. All right. Go ahead. Um, uh, I did not think it was a success. I give them props for wanting to do something that was, you know, really just just completely out there and weird and and you know breaking barriers and all of that. They they get big points for me for that. You know, a for effort. I just thought that the execution was pretty poor. The music was terrible. Um, there, there was there was no real movement or dancing or a, a feeling of what goes into a musical with this musical. Um, everyone was just kind of shuffling around, dead-eyed as they sang. Um, I thought the, so the the music was not written for people's ranges. So even if they did have a decent voice, like Uhura. Um, they were forced to like go into head voice to sing the high notes because it was written out of their range. And, and basically the only thing that I thought really worked, uh, the bit with the Klingons was fantastic. <laughs> that was hilarious. But I mean, I think that that's what, what emphasized more what was not working with the rest of the show because they were crazy and kooky and full of energy and dancing and, and, and just, you know, went, went for the, the, the bizarre unrealness of a musical. And I wanted to see that through the rest of the episode, and I did not. And so, I, 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 like I said, A for effort, C minus for execution. 
All right, Tom, I feel like you're going to say something similar. I disagree. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I thought they did a good job. I bought the soundtrack and I listened to, I've listened to it a couple of times while walking the dog or oh, driving. Oh, wow. Up in, it's a soundtrack. Up in, nice. Yeah, they, yeah, they're selling, yeah, they're selling the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah, it's available I, I, via yeah. digital means. I think that, um, I, what I think is interesting is obviously they were aware of Once More With Feeling and there's a little, you know. They made a reference. They, the they made a reference, reference to it. Um, I think it's unfair to compare the two things. And musicals are hard. I've directed them. I've co-written. You know, I've collaborated on on original musicals. They're hard. I thought they did a pretty good job. It's interesting that obviously the cast is 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 woman heavy, and the women were the standouts, especially Uhura, who has a Grammy already, and her mom's a big Broadway star, and um, and then um, oh, uh, security of. Security officer. Why am I blanking on her name? La'an. 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 Yeah, thought, her. I really liked her. Style. I thought she I thought was really good. Was well, a real surprise to me was um, was number one. I thought you know the fact that some of the that they gave her two songs and Chapel was strong. Um, I think um, Ethan Peck has a very nice voice, and the fact that they he's got a fairly wide range. But I mean, the key, the key with writing any musical and some shows that have tried this before is that when it, to, to quote my former department chair when I was in California, when it gets too big for words, sing it. When it gets too big for songs, dance it. And the people who wrote this, although they're, you know, some of the tunes weren't as catchy as others, but I thought it was a noble effort, especially, you know, I hate to grade on a curve, but during COVID, because they shot this during COVID with all those crazy protocols. But yeah, I thought it would be, I enjoyed it. And, you know, a lot of people did. It's interesting. If you look at the ratings on IMDb, all the IMDb voters did not enjoy it as much as some of us did. But you got to give you got to give props to the show. They took some big swings for season two. And they really did. Part they connected. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Maybe not as I mean I I liked most of the songs. There's only a couple I didn't like. I didn't like the grand finale. I thought that that was, uh, was not very dull. grand. Yeah, it was kind of dull. It was not very grand and not very finale like. And I take away points because, of course, my least favorite character, Kirk, couldn't dance. Right. So his uh, dance routine with number one, I liked her song, but I was distracted on how bad the dancing was. Oh, it was horrible. I've got to send you this meme. Somebody posted a meme on Facebook. Why are you on, Why are you always on my ship? A Christopher Pike mystery. Thank you. <laughs> what the heck? Why is Kirk always there? I hate this guy. Anyway, we're, I'm going back to the musical, which I did enjoy. I thought the songs were fun and emotional. And I got it dealt with like three different relationships. And I thought it changed all three relationships in different and interesting ways. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yusin, really quick. We got to keep moving. Um, I'm, I'm directly in the middle. Um, I think that uh, they definitely get an A for effort. Um, I like some of the songs. Um, I thought uh, 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 some of the songs, a lot of didn't work. I think the important part, though, is, uh, you know, 
Tom made a really good point about the, you know, when you can't, you know, talk and sing and when you can sing the dance, blah, blah, blah. And so it doesn't have that. It didn't follow that pattern. That was the thing that that uh, Allison was talking about, which is, you know, the number one thing about a feeling of a musical, even if you fail, it's sort of like people who sing karaoke and actually have terrible voices, but they are enjoying themselves so much and they know the song inside and out and they commit and everyone watching them loves watching them sing when you're at like a karaoke and you're like, this dude is terrible, but people are clapping and screaming and, you know, so it's sort of like, I wish they had brought that. They had just kind of leaned into it and they had you know the blocking and staging was more musical like which it wasn't i wish that they had you know um given them dance numbers even if they couldn't have danced like it just it lacked that kind of energy that all musicals have to have i don't care whether you're good or not you know what i mean so that was the thing that was lacking but what they did do well they did well i thought they i thought some of the songs were i agree with you i thought some of the songs absolutely worked some of them none of them were none of them were particularly catchy but some of them worked uh, better than others, and I thought they were moving, uh, and I thought some of them were sung really well. So I, I'm, I'm definitely, I didn't think it was an utter failure, um, but I definitely do feel like as a, it, they, it, they dropped the ball in terms of the basics of making a show feel like a musical. Uh, those are things that are musical 101. So that surprised me that they didn't do that. But what they did do, I did enjoy, uh, you know, uh, so I didn't hate the episode. All right, well, let's move on to the next one, which was the finale cliffhanger, which is dealing with the Gorn and dealing with, uh, I will have to say, I mean, we haven't seen part two yet, so this still may be true. I was 90% sure that the other captain that Pike liked was totally going to die. I was like, yeah. oh, is this the thing they do to fix so, it, to make his character have an arc? But I joked that as I, soon as you find out her name, you know she's doomed. <laughs> I know, I was like, she's totally going to die. And technically, they haven't exactly killed her, but they've done a good job of putting her on that nice dead road uh, with her being. And, and I like the moment where we all, as the audience, knew she had been bitten. Like, and I was like, this felt like instead of a Gorn movie, this felt a hundred percent like a zombie movie because it's that whole trope of they're in a town, they're all locked up, there's yep. blood everywhere, everything is, yep. you know, and and then there's you can kill one but you can't fill it kill a crowd of them and you got traps and it felt very much like a standard zombie movie but it still worked and then you of course have to have that character that gets bitten that doesn't tell anybody you know but wants to sacrifice themselves to save everyone like it that part felt standard but in a good way so i this is a definitely a serious a more serious episode and it was and it ends on a crazy kind of cliffhanger, which I still really, I did like the cliffhanger. Once the grown God. Gorn did not attack her, that was the big clue that she's infected. Correct. Yes. So I, I was surprised uh, so it took the, the characters so long to figure well, it out. I, I think he knew it, which is why he wanted her to admit it. Like, as soon as he saw that happen, he's like, what's going on? You need to tell me. You need to tell me. He knew. He just didn't, I think he just didn't want to say it. I thought it was going to be a scene out of Alien where I was like, wait a minute, she's pregnant by the alien? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she sort of is. They planted eggs in there. That's why Right. I mean, and and, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I I thought that, you know, the, the last episode, what I thought was a swing and a miss, but I thought they, they really, you know, they went for the whole sci-fi horror movie uh, thing with this. It's, it had, you know, elements of zombie elements of aliens 
and uh, I thought that they really did it well. Um, you know, it had a lot of tension built up, even though they were doing things like we all knew that she was infected as soon as that moment happened. Still, it was it was effectively done. And I really, you know, and this is a, a, an important issue because I think that with the casting, some of them they they have done a great job with their other characters that I'm not thrilled to death with, but I was really happy to see their choice in Scotty. He um, yay! Oh, when yeah, he came on so with that fun. little accent, I thought, you know, as soon as, as soon as I saw him, I went, is he going to be Scotty? I mean, how many times do you have a, a Scottish guy just show up and he's an mm-hmm. engineer? Um, and of course that's who he was. And I, he really was charming. I really liked him. I loved how ingenious he was in the episode and uh it, it just it just really was working all of all of that was great i thought the design of the adult alien in its space in its space suit uh, yep. and the fight that they had in zero g was fantastically done yeah um all of that was was terrific i thought it was a little too convenient even though we know chapel can't possibly die here um, it was a little too convenient that she was the only person. The only one! That was only kind of one. lame. That I mean, even weird. If they, even if they just had one guy with her who just, you know, he was he was dying of his wounds, but yes. we know that there's more than oh, they one. they sacrificed yes. him to the Gorn. Yes. Something, yes. you know, Something. I mean, I agree. but it, it, yeah. it, it yeah. was just too convenient that it was just, It was just, very you fantasy. Know, her. Well, yes. you, they did say that she beamed up later. She returned later. Yeah, which is why she wasn't in sick bay, which, which is you know what what was completely destroyed. Whatever, but she um, didn't even have an injury. She wasn't even. She didn't even have like a, spe- a speckle of blood on her. Like her I hair got messed up a little bit. No, but I mean, she didn't. She <laughs> had a little smudge on her cheek. But let's know. let's keep going, guys. We got two more shows to talk about. But yeah, I thought I I really enjoyed this episode. I thought the ending. Maybe they could have worked on because it made Pike look like he suddenly got a brain fart, you know. Um, yeah. Like, Captain, hello, you, you all. Um, but yeah, I, I, other than that, I really, I really thought the episode was terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to chime in and say um, it was very derivative, and I, normally that, you, you know, that sounds like it's a, it's a, a diss, but. Um, it worked. I mean, there was that, you know, the even the scene where they were first investigating right before they found Scotty, uh, and there was that pinging, that like faint pinging, like the ping, ping, ping. I was like, all right, well, that's straight out of Aliens, um, you know. And uh, the, the bogeys are incoming, this, that, the whole like they did it well. And I think Allison, you, um, you, you called it out for me. The favorite, I think, was the zero G gravity fight. I think that was that that was. Um, newer to me than than the other things that i saw that i just felt like well i've seen all this other stuff before they're doing it well they're using it well let's let's put it that way they're using it well so um as far as an episode uh but uh, what i what but what it did actually emphasize for me that no one's spoken about was i assumed that this entire season was going to be about the gorn and like we did not get them at all until the very, very until the finale right yeah so that was a little weird for me i thought oh 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 i forgot about these guys i guess we're dealing with them now um and so then that sort of kind of brought to the forefront for me that they how they hadn't dealt with them and that that was actually what was missing for me i couldn't put my finger on what i didn't like about this season uh, and what was missing for me, because it was hit or miss this season a lot. Uh, and I liked the season m- m- much less than the first season. And I think it was because I was fully expecting Gorn stuff and I didn't get Gorn stuff. And it wasn't until the very end. And when I, I saw how well they could do it and how well they did it, I thought, oh, 
well, why didn't we get more of this during the rest of the regular season? Because they were spending so much time with stupid Kirk. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, so, I imagine all the stuff with the Gorn because they have to do CGI and they have to do puppetry. Yeah. Um, and that it's very expensive to do. Expensive, yeah. yeah. Okay, if, well, then if you haven't the watched the Ready Room episode where the special guest, this, this final Ready Room, is the special effects house and Will Wheaton goes there and they show the different stages of Gorn and it's the work they've done on the the uh the effects work for that episode was amazing yeah I mean, it just, was great yeah it's, it's super expensive it and like so they movie. can't do it looked like yeah a movie. they can't yeah, yeah but well, let's move they, on let's move but well, we need to move on we got two it. more shit we that's all i'm saying you can't tell me that we're gonna we're gonna we're not we're gonna write it but we're not gonna write it because it's too expensive to write well then don't write it like come up with and figure out a plot then anyway but uh moving on like you said all right uh, next up, we're going to talk about Good Omens, and it's episodes three and four, which I don't remember what happened in episode three and four. They were mostly uh, We spend way too much time in the past talking about plot stuff that doesn't really pay off, and when we get to the present, it's like, oh, yeah, we're back in the present, and we barely inch the narrative arc Wait, what, forward. What, were, what was the flashbacks? Remind me, please. Oh... The second one was the Nazi zombies thing. Yeah, the first the first one was the one in uh, in Edinburgh. Which man, that was for me. That was like the low point of the series. It mm. was just uh, it was the three zombie guys that kept that were supposed to spy on them when they were doing magic. Well, tricks. that was the sec- that was the second that's 204. one. Two o four, two o three was the the trip to Edinburgh, which is like, huh? And the what cars. Was the trip to Ed- what? Oh, was that the body where they were trying to yes. sell the body? And it was just yeah. like, so what? Body snatcher kind of the episode. Um, and it was, you know, the thing is, I I I remember in in the season one they went back and they did like it was an almost an entire episode that was devoted to flashbacks so we could see the progression of, of their relationship, uh, Zerafel and Crowley's relationship. And the thing is, it worked because. They just showed you these little bits that specifically showed you how their their relationship progressed through the years, and each segment only lasted just so long, got to the point immediately, and we moved on. This, I felt like we were trapped in Edinburgh for oh a my century. Gosh. It just went on and on, and I didn't see the point of it. I mean, you know, other than finding out, I mean, he, they went, he went to, to Edinburgh in the present day, to find out what Gabriel was doing, great, correct. Fine. And the but statue. then we, but then when we go back to the to the and the statue, yes. But then when we go back uh, to the flashback, there just didn't seem to be any point to it. It's like what other than getting to see uh, Tennant talk in his regular accent. I mean, oh, that's right, because he's supposed to be Scottish. He's Scottish. He's Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was and it was painfully unfunny. I'm sorry, that whole bit where he gets really small and then gets really big and then all of that. It just went on forever. Oh, I didn't have as negative reaction as you guys, but apparently I also forgot the episode. So <laughs> it was more, I was like, oh, that was interesting. And then I totally forgot about it. So it wasn't, it didn't move me, but I get your point in that the, I don't mind the flashbacks, I think, as much as you guys mind the flashbacks, but it's not as good as season one. I also agree with that. But I just enjoy the two of them. I just like them together, and so I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, but I get your point. Like, I'm hoping the last two episodes are better, which I will be watching probably today and tomorrow. Um, 
But uh, any other thoughts before we move on? Because apparently we don't have anything else to say about nope. these. Well, unless you want to go into the specifics of the next one, which was the Nazi one. Um, Not really. I mean, it's same flashback. It, it was like, more of the same. You know, oh, with... this one I actually didn't like as much because I remember watching him learn the magic tricks. I was like, this is boring. Oh, like I would do. I remember thinking that, and then he had to go on stage and do the stupid magic trick, which he doesn't really do. He just like shoots somewhere else. It's no magic trick at all. And he was planning on using his angelic powers to make the magic trick happen. And then for some reason they took the powers away, so he couldn't. So he almost got shot, which I don't like. It's like none of that made any sense. Yawn. So, no. No. so I, mean, once, I would say once... I did not like this one as much. Once they, they kept dragging it on, if they'd just done the Nazis and left it at that, that would have been fine. But it just kept going forever. And we've already established that he's terrible at, at in magic. You know, I mean, he did right. that with the kids show in, in the first season. And that, that was fine for that. It worked in that episode because it also doesn't get stretched out forever. But this, I think this segment just went on for like 20 minutes. And, and I'm going, why? Why? Well, let's move that? on. Let's move on. Let's move on. We've already established that it's not great. So yeah. I will great. say that the well, next let's... two episodes are much better. So all right, that. all right. Let's move on to uh, the premiere of Only Murders in the Building, and they premiered with two episodes. And last season they ended on a tease to let us know that Paul Rudd would be added to the cast and he would be the one murdered. But at theater, and I did think that that was weird when I saw that teaser. So I was like, wait, we're at a theater. We're not at the building. And then, of course, <laughs> in the first episode, they went through all of these flashbacks to show us how this theater came to be, how he got murdered in the theater. Well, we still didn't know who murdered him in the theater. And then he's like, I'm mysteriously back from the dead. No explanation whatsoever <laughs> of how he's not dead. He just shows up at his like memorial party and says all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, they pumped stuff. his stomach. They pumped his stomach. That's all. Uh, yeah, he was just. I. But he was dead. Like they said, there was no heartbeat. So like pumping your stomach does not make your heart start again. Well, apparently so, they, they they didn't. He wasn't as dead as they thought he was. I'm not got dead. Got better. Yet. I'm not dead. <laughs> I feel happy. I think I'll go but for the whole a walk. thing. Was just so bizarre, and so he just interrupts his own memorial. And all of that was fantastic, and not to overlook the guest star appearance of uh, Miss Meryl Streep, which Ms. was Meryl like, Street. wait, what? Like, I apparently didn't know that was happening, so I was like, wait, hello? You didn't know? I, was, I think someone had said something, and I'd forgotten. Like, I'm but I, in, what, I hadn't, in one of my news read, briefs? <laughs> I hadn't read anything. Like I didn't remember. I had I had a hundred percent forgotten. I had no idea. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah, I, I did was... not know. So her appearance was like what? So like I knew Paul Rudd, and so I was prepared for the Paul. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. And though he's such a jerk, <laughs> so he's actually playing kind of counter to the type he normally plays. Yeah. Uh, Unless so you saw the street him... next door. <laughs> I did not see that. Uh, so I did not like him in this, and I was like, "This is so weird." Me liking, not liking Paul Rudd. Uh, so, but then Meryl Streep just like, I was like, "Wait!" And then they're obviously setting her up to be the nemesis prime or suspect. the one prime suspect. But I'm like, "Well, they've they've 
pointed her out as the villain in the first episode, so therefore she's not the she villain. Can't be. So. Yeah, she can't be. We know how this show it's works. Like she's so suspicious that she can't be it. Correct, but it's still it was still amazing. She did a great job, and of course, freaking well, she's she obviously she obviously wants her Emmy now. She's like, okay, give me my Emmy. Does she not have an EGOT yet? I feel like she doesn't, and she's like, "I need my egot. Let, let's go." <laughs> did you um, did y'all notice that they they promoted Howard to be a series lead, and the, you know he his credit is right after the the trio. Is he Howard? Howard. He's Howard, the assistant, right? The, the assistant. Right. I saw they have him walking the dog in the credits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Credits. They added him. I did see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it was uh, it was it's it's a it was a really fun intro to the setup of the new season because he immediately paul rudd comes back and immediately is murdered in the building thank you well i i just love because you know when when they are going up in the in the elevator right after they've had this disaster happen at the theater and uma says well at least you didn't kill him in the building this time (laughs) as if on cue It was, it was great. I, I just I thought this is the both episodes I because they, they did the, the double thing was were just so great. It, you know, everybody's everybody's doing such a fantastic job on this show. And I, I love this program because it is like it's it's funny and it's it, they really do have a genuine mystery. So you're invested in that. Um, and it's like a warm hug. I really like these characters. I love these mm-hmm. people. And I almost felt like they, they, like Mabel, she wanted to have some reason, any reason to get back with her guys again mm-hmm. and, right. and do the little podcast and, and just, you know, be with them, be in their company. And, and that's kind of how I felt coming back well, to, to the show. Well, and what's really crazy is it's the opposite of what she used to be like. She oh, used yeah. to be like, whatever, old guys, I guess I'll help you. But now she really, yeah, she misses because they're both busy. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have time for her. Yeah. And and you can tell, yeah, she totally misses their company. It's great. Which I thought was adorable. And also I'm 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 so jazzed for the rest of the season because I I mean that scene that they had with, with Martin Short after he's had his heart attack, which scared oh, right. me. Right. Because I was like, like I was like, wait, like, all is he alone a heart attack? Going, oh yeah. my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he, oh. wa- he wakes up after this dream of, the, of this Fosse number, <laughs> which was fantastic, and I, and he's he's going to now turn this thing into a musical. And musical, I can't yeah. wait. I am so there. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the rest of the season. And I thought these two episodes were were just phenomenal. I like the review too. Uh, the review. Oh. She was like, he was like, if you give the review, then maybe oh, we can the bring it back. She's great. like. Yeah, she's like, no, you don't want my review. He's like, no, 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 I think it'll be great. You're really honest. She's like, yes, I'm really honest. <laughs> oh, man. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Yusin, you haven't spoken yet. Go ahead. Yeah, no, um, I, you know, I was just silent because you guys were all saying all the things that I believe and feel and, and you know, it kind of goes without saying. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, picking out something that you that wasn't mentioned or brought forward. Um, but I think you guys kind of covered it all. I just, I'm glad to have the show back. I think uh, maybe I'll, I'll slide uh, in on uh, uh, Allison's comment about um, 
feeling sort of the way she felt about just being just really loving the characters you know what i mean so uh i'm loving that the show is back it's a comfort show for me um it's both funny and fun uh to watch uh so you know the mystery you know i care about it um you know the casting is fantastic uh you know again i did not know meryl streep was going to be on the show so uh and it's a testament to the show though i think honestly that she doesn't and also a testament to her that how beautifully she slipped into the show that she isn't you know once i got over the fact that it was meryl streep you know what i mean like she she's not outshining the show she's not like standing out it's not like weird that she would be in the show it's not like awkward it's not you know the show can can hold her basically is what i is i guess what i'm trying to say the 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 way that the show is uh, the feel of it the essence uh, and then of course her seamless acting of just kind of slipping in perfectly uh with her nuanced acting and her just subtle and it just i mean she's meryl streep but but props to the show kudos to the show that can that can hold her that can house her and um I think that says something to me that it seemed natural and it didn't seem like stunt casting. Uh, it just seemed like, of course, Meryl Streep is on the show. You know what I mean? And of course I'm enjoying watching her do her thing. So yeah, no, I'm glad the show is back. Uh, I don't really have anything more to say at this point. It's early goings, but uh, yeah, it's just comfortable and fun. And, you know, I'm excited for the season. All right, let's wrap this one up then. Um, I think we're all saying thumbs up for only murders yep. yay so uh if you have any questions or comments leave to tvcampfiregmail.com follow us on twitter or on facebook you can listen to us on sci-fi.radio six degrees of geek and itunes and we'll talk to you guys next time bye-bye bye